0: Welcome back, everyone, to No Wristbands. We drink for free. This is our 40th episode, and we are delighted to be talking with Ken Drasnick and James Wald today. Kenny and Jimmy were one half of the Vertebrats, an incredible 1980s band from Champaign, Illinois. The Vertebrats were the center of a hip DIY scene and inspired or influenced numerous other Champaign Urbana bands like The Martyrs, The Outnumbered, The Farm Boys, Lonely Trailer, Titanic Love Affair, Turning Curious, Weird Summer, and so many others. We talked with Kenny and Jimmy about the history of the group and why it has had such a lasting impact. We also cover their newest group, the Surly Bells. And of course, we asked them some Chicago questions. Don't forget to visit our website, NoWristbands.com, and our Facebook group, No Wristbands, We Drink for Free. Thanks for listening. All right, welcome back people to uh, No Wristbands. We drink for free. I'm joined here with my usual co-host, Mark Joyner. How you Hello, doing, Mark?
1: I'm good, how are you? I'm super excited about this one. Yes, in-person, in
0: which we don't get a ton of, but I'm very excited oh, about it. In-person is fun. And yeah. we are really excited about being joined by Ken Drasnick and Jimmy Wald, uh, two of the For the Vertebrats members. And we are going to talk about a lot of uh, music today. Um, Jimmy and Ken, welcome. Welcome. How are you guys doing? Good, yeah, good to yeah, be thanks. here. Yeah. Yeah. It's excited. It. How are
2: you, Tom? How are you, Mark? <laughs> I'm Excellent. doing great. Yeah, I'm super excited. Who, who is Frank Turner? No, don't tell
1: him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to listen to another
0: episode. He has me. been on the show <laughs> yeah. already, so... Uh, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, we First of all, let's start out. How did you guys get into music? Uh, you know, growing up, was it part of your family? You know, where did you find it? Um, how did you consume it? Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Jim.
2: Yeah, I remember uh, the first two albums that uh, I heard were my dad's albums. And I, I was thinking about this. And he had uh, Take Five by Dave Brubeck, mm. and he had the Paul Winter Consort. I don't know yeah. if anybody has ever heard of them. Um, I've heard of that name. and uh, But I just remember listening to them, and then I think the, the my earliest uh, recollection of getting into music, listening to music, was uh, 1969, I guess it was, when Led Zeppelin one came out, and Tim McKegg and I went down to a store in Rockford called the Record Mart, and they had these little booths where you could... Go into these listening booths, and you try out 45s and LPs, and Led Zeppelin one was a big deal. And we brought that home to my house and put it on the turntable. And Tim and I listened to it over and over again. And then he had already been playing guitar a little bit himself, and um, and so then I I learned everything Tim knew on guitar, and um, and then that was it. And then you know from there, um, just became a fan of. The British Invasion and, you know, like American pop. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much my uh, musical beginnings.
1: Now, a lot of people have this this moment where they play something that they're really passionate about and their parents are like, what the hell is this? Were your parents like, let's up in one, let's, let's go? Or are they like, I don't know about this one.
2: Well, my parents uh, were very liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad hung out with uh, all, all of my friends and um,
1: we wouldn't know what that's like. He, uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: when, when we were in the smoking pot, he would smoke pot with us. Nice. Wow, that's awesome. He's we're gone good now, dad. so I can say this. Okay. Incriminating him or getting him into any sort of legal trouble. You
1: uh, really are
2: a lawyer. Uh, so he, they were very liberal, um, and uh, that's why all the guys in the neighborhood loved hanging out at our place, yeah. because mm-hmm. we pretty much kind of had the run of the house. and So he loved the music my earliest bands he would come and listen to us playing mm-hmm. that's awesome rehearse and hang out and stuff very and cool participate with us and all that stuff so yeah it was never a problem it was always it was encouraged you know it was a open household with yeah. a, a lot of music and a lot of diversity and yeah i love so, that
1: nice
3: uh ken what about you uh well i'm the third of four brothers okay and so i had older brothers who so they were the gatekeepers were, they were um uh, they were getting into their high school years, my oldest brother, during the British Invasion, the okay. Beatles. I was in first grade when the Beatles came, and so I remember vividly, you know, that whole time. And, uh, you know, just the excitement of it. And um, we didn't have a lot of records in our house. It Mostly my experience was with WLS or WCFL mm-hmm. and, you know, all those top 40 stuff and I a lot of people put top 40 down you know yeah when, when it was current and so did I because they just you know played the same number of songs but when you look back at it there was a tremendous variety of styles of music at the time and so you got exposed to country and soul yeah. and you know rock and roll and whatever so um mostly through the radio um we didn't really buy records uh but i did when the monkeys came out i i joined the monkeys fan clubs so that right. was probably fourth <laughs> which grade. one was your favorite well um i liked them all but i i have to admit i did go around the house with a stocking cap on my head for about <laughs> uh, two weeks um so um but yeah i i just like the whole thing and i think when i think back at it i think um like north neil street maybe is close to the the band house that we had maybe as close to the monkeys' experience as I, <laughs> I was gonna get. But uh, yeah, I was always just interested in top 40 music mm-hmm. and, and stuff, and uh, never thought about playing a guitar. You know, we didn't, we just didn't have that. Sure. Um, I remember I had a friend who had a electric guitar, Fender, and I went over to his house and it was like, you know, looking at the Holy Grail, it was like, <laughs> what the hell? an actual electric guitar, but um, I didn't start playing till high school, you know, late high school. So I was kind of a late bloomer and, uh, kind of got into, um, my older brother, Mark had a friend, Bob Lyons, who was a really energetic player and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, kind of a motivated me to to, taught me some things. And back then, you know, there wasn't any YouTube Mm -hmm. tutorials or anything. So, It was who you knew and what they could teach you. And, uh, you know, you just, that's how you learn. So that's pretty much how I got into a top 40 radio. love that. Uh, So then when did the two of you meet? We met in Champaign. Uh, Jimmy blew into town. I was going out with um, a young lady and uh, she was good friends with, Uh, a young lady that Jimmy was going out with. Okay. And so I heard about Jimmy before I met him. Did he live
1: up to your expectations? Well,
3: what I heard about him was that, um, he had a little bit of a foul mouth (laughs) (laughs) and he, and he wasn't, you know, he just let it fly, you know, Uh, Respect. Yeah. So, um, she was a little concerned about that because, you know, (laughs) (laughs) around her dad, I think. But, uh, so yeah he yeah you know, when I first met him, he was a firecracker, and you know he was from rockford, and um, he used to actually come down he wasn't our original drummer in right. the Vertebrats, he uh we went through like spinal tap, we went through a couple <laughs> and, but he was you were living at twelve o six and he would come down and listen to us rehearse and he he was in bands before, so he would like stop and you know teach us a little bass trick or something mm-hmm. like that. And then he'd go out to dinner with uh, the young lady. He'd that go he swear with. a whole bunch. He, he, I don't, you know, <laughs> I, I think the swearing kind of stopped after a while, but um, yeah, it was kind of a joke actually when Roy, we had gone through a couple of drummers and, and mm-hmm. we knew Jimmy. So Roy, I think, talked you into drumming for us and which is like <laughs> his fourth or fifth instrument of choice. Right, sure. right. Um, but he's like, I took some drum lessons when I was young, so
0: he was recruited and, uh, I don't know. That was, Jimmy, were you looking at this as like, oh, this is my (laughs) chance to get in this band that I like, or, or were people just like twisting your arm and you agreed? Or you just want to hang out with your friends.
2: Well, first I have to take issue with the fact that Kenny was dating a young lady. When when the hell did we ever describe the women we were going out with at that age as young ladies? Or, or even now, I'm sure we refer to them as something else. But um, Babes. And I don't recall, uh, I mean, sure, I swore, but, you know, for that to be... The, <laughs> a defining for, characteristic. Yeah, for that to be the the way that I was... Um. um Described to Kenny, I guess, before you met me. So who yeah. who, who was giving you that description, <laughs> That's Becky? Becky. Yeah. Becky. yeah that was oh, me. So you uh, fuck that. that, that. Up with See, Becky. I, I would have described myself back then as just being kind of a jerk, a, a, really a jerk, and um, a smart ass and <laughs> that. Uh, irreverent, oh. <laughs> and. Yeah. Um,
1: a great and, hang,
2: but I don't think I don't think the swearing is the big
1: deal. <laughs> <laughs>
2: of all the things to be described, at,
1: like, you can call me an yes, asshole, yeah, yeah, but how dare you
2: say right,
0: I swear too right. much?
2: Yeah, no, I don't know. I just I mm-hmm. I don't remember swearing that much. But be that as it may, what was your question? Well, did that? you like
0: these vertebrates guys, and did yeah. you want to get in the band or? Um
2: I don't think I had any interest in getting in a band at that okay. point.: um, We weren't much of a yeah. band at that point,
0: to be honest. We played a
3: few parties. Mm-hmm. Um, we started out, you know playing. Yeah. At
2: well, I got art into the band.
3: parties.. Okay.
2: I got into the band reluctantly, not because I didn't <laughs> want to be in a band, and it had nothing to do with these guys. It was more a matter of uh, because of the fact that drums were not my really instrument of choice. Mm-hmm. First of all, I, mm-hmm. I was not very good at it. Um, I hadn't played in many years at that point. And I had taken lessons as a kid for a couple years. So I kind of knew what I was doing. And and I could sit down and keep a beat for these guys. Um, But uh, but I didn't really want to do it.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) And so, you know, getting in a band, yeah, that would have been fun at the time. But getting in a band to play drums was not my idea of what i wanted to right. do now as it turns out i think the fact that i was limited as a player in some ways probably defined us as a band mm-hmm. yeah. the way we would sound and would what we could so. do sure. because it was we we weren't going to be like yes or a band that could do
3: we were more like no
2: really sophisticated (laughs) right you know musical things we none of us were virtuosos i think matt was the closest i i we've
3: discussed this before and we you know roy was a very steady bass player um i was an adequate rhythm guitar player um you were an adequate drummer matt was matt had some he had some style he had some Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. some flair there was something there yeah Yeah. he was
2: really the flair in the band because i think kenny and 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 roy and i were just we just were very limited in terms of our musical abilities and we probably tended to just play the same stuff all the time and 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 combine it all in in different well, ways to, mm-hmm. to I make think, the songs. Well, what was mm-hmm.
3: different about us is that we wrote our own stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as I recall, by the by the end of it, we were doing about two thirds originals. And you have to remember, we were never a full time band. We were we all had day jobs, mm-hmm. and, and you know we we traveled around a little bit, but we weren't like on the circuit at all. Um, so. And we did that for what three years two and a half three years
0: yeah it, it it at some point you became kind of a headlining band a regular gig at mabel's which was the club in in champagne um and playing three sets a night generally um like did that accelerate like the songwriting the you know yeah the output of 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 yeah of the well, we started out
3: Like I said, playing parties for art uh students. And so we had a little bit of a local following before we got at Mabel's. And it was Kent Carrico, our manager, um, basically talked his way into Mabel's. um, It was something that I wanted to delve into a little bit because I think what, what we were known for was like a DIY type of a thing. And before that, both in Rockford with Ken Adamani and in... Champagne with Blytham Limited mm-hmm. and um, Irving Azoff. There was a machinery in place, and all the clubs were booked through those companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We never were part of that, so we grew from <clears throat> the ground up. Was that by choice? Yeah, okay. I think so. I mean, we were. Uh, I like. I used to be a big fan of a band called Screams. They were um, managed. They actually played on Van Halen's first tour, you know, as a backup. They were, they were like, you know, my favorite band in that era Mm -hmm. um, going into it, but they were a Blytham band and, you know, you played in bands that were, uh, China was Ken Adamani was that Mm true? But you had the, it was the same sort of thing where you go to a circuit of all these Midwestern clubs and... You don't make shit, and <laughs> you sleep on a mm-hmm. you know, floor in the van. Yeah, um, we just didn't—not glamorous. We didn't do that. We we chose our spots <laughs> to play. Um, we didn't really play outside of Chicago or mm-hmm. Champagne a whole lot, right? But um, we, weren't, we weren't a full time band. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> we well,
2: were... and early on, to your question, Tom, about playing three sets at Mabel's, we. Uh, in the beginning we hadn't we were writing songs but we hadn't written that many. So mm-hmm. to be able to play three sets it forced us to learn a lot of covers. And we did a lot of covers. Yeah. yeah. I, and then but as the as we continued to write songs and then the the makeup of the sets kind of shifted from predominantly covers mm-hmm. to predominantly originals. And then right. what we would do is we would pepper in either the covers that we like to play uh, or there were a lot of fan favorites too, not just of right. our songs, but I think of certain covers we yeah. did. We, in some ways, I think we became kind of as known for the way we played some of those early covers. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. you think about Get Off My Cloud, yeah. we yeah. did kind of a mm-hmm. ska version or reggae version of yeah. Get Off My Cloud. And, uh, you know, so. We
3: were We were a dance band. Uh The way I think about it, we were people, for whatever reason, found it easy to dance to us and they had a good time. And we weren't really, we didn't project a rock star type of thing. We were somewhat approachable. Mm -hmm. Um, We had, you know, a fair degree of personality. I was probably the least you know <laughs> of the of that but you know you had mm-hmm. roy bad playing bass and you had you know the young phenom matt brander right. on on the yeah, guitar we weren't
2: pretentious at all i mean i like to think we weren't pretentious no, we, we were, were very approachable yeah yeah and uh you know so, but yeah.
3: jimmy kept a good beat and we played some fun songs and people danced their asses off for right. you know three 45 minute sets every right. night and we actually uh the bartenders and the waitresses at Mabel's used to complain, as I found out later, because <laughs> the vertebrate fans just didn't drink, uh, <laughs> no. you know, hard They're liquor. Uh, they, they asked for water. Yes. You know, they'd go yes. up to the bar and ask for water. It's like, well, great.
1: Well, there's something in you guys that, you know, would have been really easy just to just do covers. Right. And and, you know, not do original music or not push yourself to do more. Um, what was it always the object, the the goal of the band to to pivot and do original music primarily?
3: Yeah, I would say so. I think we, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that that kept our interest for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we're, you know, you're, everybody's derivative. Mm-hmm. There's nothing new under the sun, really. So your your original stuff is shaped by what you liked yeah. when you were a certain age, and um, I'm well, sure okay. ours were. You know, along those lines, but um, we found pretty quickly we had a some facility for writing songs and um, getting them in front of people. And what's more satisfying than that? You know, it's like
0: uh, watching. Can you were you were an English major, right? I, I mean, was. Like, yeah. You, you like words. You know, you like writing things. You like reading things. Um. I, I'm fascinated by
3: the English yeah, language, right. and uh, I like uh, you know I agonize over. Not only word choice, but mm-hmm. the rhythm of the words. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, you know, how the syllables fit. Right. Uh, it's like a puzzle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's never left. We're still doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we're any better than
2: we <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all well, those years was, ago, but yeah, we're still doing about, it. I thinking about one of the songs we're going to play tomorrow night at Jeff's memorial was written in uh, 19... What did we say? 82?
3: Probably 82, yeah,
1: you know, 82, one of Jimmy's best songs.
2: And it got me thinking about how long I'd, I've known Kenny and how long we've been writing songs together. And uh, and I started looking at the years, and it's actually been six decades that we've been writing songs together. Wow, now, Technic- granted, technically. two of those decades <laughs> were the very end of one right, decade right. and yeah. the very beginning of, yes. the, of another one. But still even, even if you re- remove those two, it's still four decades. Yeah, Four full decades. And then two partials, so I like to say six decades. It uh, <laughs> makes me feel young. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure.
1: clearly the, you must have felt some connection, right? Like it's very easy just to be like, "Hey, we'll fuck around and play some music together for a little bit." But now six decades in, right? Yeah, they're still playing music well, together.
3: You know the the vertebrates thing was like, a, it was like a, such a special time, really. I, and I, Jimmy, and I have talked about it, and and you know Matt and I have talked about it, and Roy. I think we had like the best possible career in music that you could ever imagine. We didn't we were in and out. We did it for like three years. We left at the top of our game, you know, if you want to say that. Um people loved us. We got to play original music. Mm-hmm. We got to see a sea of people, you know, 500 mm-hmm. people at Mabel's yeah. dancing their asses off. Drinking water. Drinking water. <laughs> getting hydrated. Yeah. I was drinking beer. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't doubt that. Yes. And, you know, it, we never mm-hmm. got to the point where we, you know, tried to really... A lot of stuff happened after we broke up. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm kind of glad that we didn't get caught up in that kind of star-making machinery trying to chase you know the the golden goose or whatever yeah. and have your you know either sell out or have your dreams Th- dashed on the Fade rocks away, yeah um and you know we've had good lives so didn't we
2: uh uh get some interest from i want to say an A R person at a major label who either came to a show or we got a letter or something and it and we may have been more than one guy or more than one letter but Am I just dreaming I about them?
3: You may be confusing it with, like, Greg Shaw at Bomb Records or um, uh, Jim Barber, who approached us, who, who's, who played Left in the Dark on his radio show at Harvard every day, he told me.
2: Yeah, I was <laughs> thinking about something earlier than that, but um, I could be... Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Sounds right. like you need, needed, ma-
3: needed an agent. <laughs> well like I said, there was a, a lot happened after we yeah. broke up. Oh, well, absolutely. You know, and right.
0: We're going to get to some of this. We're, we're, we you, you've just covered a ton of things that are on the list of questions. Three year, three year career. Um, um, it was kind of a sort of a magical time in, in Champaign Urbana at yeah. that point. Um, yeah. There was a lot of other bands around there. You know, were there other bands that you really respected in that scene at that point? Or were you guys just like kind of off doing your own thing?
3: No, I, uh, well, I was a big fan of the Beat Lovers. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, you know, Bernie Prochel, mm-hmm. Nick Rudd, um, Scariano, and Jeff mm-hmm. Evans. Um, they were probably my favorite band. Mm-hmm. Um, um uh, you know, there was a wide variety of bands playing in in champagne at the time. you know if champagne was a great place if, yeah. you know you could go out any day of the week and see country or soul or or whatever right um but and, yeah and, I and, was, and
0: it was kind of a magical time at at Mabel's I mean like they had a regular rotation of some really good bands yeah,
3: yeah, I would say you know for me, it was the bee lovers. Mm-hmm. Um, there was uh, John Richardson's band, The Martyrs, were uh, basically in uh-huh. high school at the time, wow. and Matt knew those guys because you know Matt was so much younger than we were. Right. Um, so uh, they played a lot of stuff with us. We played some all ages shows mm-hmm. um, with those guys, and uh, they were a lot of fun. Good guys.
2: Yeah, I didn't hang out too much during during the time our okay. band was together, which was three years. I. For whatever reason, I don't know, I just didn't spend a lot of time in the clubs. At least I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And I liked all the same bands that Kenny did, um, the ones he mentioned. Um, Elvis Brothers, but I don't I don't remember when they, they came were, on the scene. They were and, late. A little late. They, right? they kind of mm-hmm.
3: came right uh, when we were breaking up.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, 82, but yeah. you know,
3: prior to that screams, as I mentioned before, they were, you know, right. when I was in college and going down to the red lion, you know, several nights yes. a week, you know, <laughs> there was pretty slim pickings. And I remember mm-hmm. the, the night that I walked in on a, probably a Tuesday or Wednesday night and there were these guys in jeans and t-shirts playing early who, and you know, Roxy music and all sorts of stuff. And I, I was like, I found my band. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, wow.
1: So three years. Why? If, why did we stop after three years? Uh, young, let's ladies. See. <laughs> young ladies. Young ladies. <laughs> Too many young ladies got Ken, between. Kenny
2: Ken, Ken, Ken says we were kind of in and out. So that's the young ladies. Uh, 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 uh,
3: I see what you did.
2: There. You, know, you, have to, you
0: have to edit that part. No, up. we're leaving. No, that's it's, being left in for sure. That's going to be highlighted. Yeah, for
3: sure. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so no, Roy. Roy was. Um, Roy was uh, an electrical engineer, mm-hmm. and he had um, he he wanted to pursue his career, and uh, we at the, toward the end we took a tour of sorts out to San Diego. We we did some recording for uh, Greg Shaw at Bomb Records. Um, we played in a few places, and Roy interviewed for Naval Ocean System Center out there when we were on that tour. So. Roy was going mm-hmm. and, you know, I had never been in a band before the vertebrats, Jimmy had been in bands, Roy had been in a band, mm-hmm. Matt had not because he was, you know, basically 12. 16, yeah, <laughs> or whatever, yeah. Um, and we tried, I think we, we tried for a few times, we got John Richardson to play drums and Jimmy didn't want to play drums and he didn't want to play bass, right? He wanted to play guitar. So didn't we have Tim McCaig come in and try to play bass?
2: He did something, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: and we practiced a few times, and I, you know, it's hard. It's hard to follow up a band that was beloved by people. You had the magic. Like that. yeah. It, it, and it was chemistry. Yeah. It was, a large part it was chemistry. Mm-hmm. And you take a key cog out of that, mm-hmm. you know, that equation, and it was like, I just, I said, I don't see the point.
2: Are you comparing comparing us to the Beatles now, or is it- <laughs> no. no? you are. They were bigger than the Beatles. Right. Champagne's
3: no, Beatles. It, it I think was is what just they call it years, was right? just time, you know, and it, and yeah. it was like.
2: Well, it was kind of a magic chemistry between the four of us, but when you think about it, I don't think any of us really got along very well.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. well, I I, if I Glad think about it.
2: in the band, I think I identified the closest with probably Matt at the time, because he and I were into that sort of humor mm-hmm. where you find something that's not funny in the first place, and then you beat it into the camera. We <laughs> so we you were both assholes. Abused, and I think we irritated Kenny, especially.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm easily irritated. Um, uh-huh.
2: Probably when Roy was, I think, just oblivious to, uh-huh. to what we did. But I just think, like, I don't think the irony of this whole thing, what Kenny and I are doing now in... In the Surly Bells uh, and the writing we've done together, um, we were not the cl- two closest people in the we not No, so.
0: I, I will. Uh, that is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah.
2: when when we talk about you know chemistry and why we were unique, I think we were unique because we were four really distinct personalities yeah. that people got to. They they grew to. Um, like like the personalities, and uh, mm-hmm. and it was it was fun to see what was going to happen at the next gig.
3: Yeah.
2: Um. But mm-hmm. uh, I think he's right that it was whatever it was. It was a unique chemistry the four of us. And so then when we tried to keep it going after Roy took off, it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. The the few different yeah. configurations that we tried, it was just never going to work. And then the next part of the story is that Kenny followed after Roy at some point.
3: Yeah. Roy moved out to San Diego to take that job. And, um, I said, well, I don't have to live through the winters in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can go anywhere I want to go. So I followed Roy out, um, lived with him for a while, got my own apartment got a job and ended up spending 13 years out there. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, i was close to roy probably during the band i was closest mm-hmm. to roy um roy roy was a, a real character and yeah he was uh the other person we have to mention too were besides kent Carrico but uh was willie wells um mm-hmm. who was our engineer sound guy um you know mr fix it and um he was uh instrumental in the sound he was the one who convinced us to buy our own pa so, you know, imagine that. We'd, I don't think any bands that were playing around had their own PAs. So what that allowed us to do was play, you know, for free at um, Downtown Performing Arts Center or at um, Channing Murray mm-hmm. and, you know, just have a party and, right. and, you know, have other up-and-coming bands play, you know, with us. And we, we, were, we tried to be very supportive of, yeah. the, you know, the people coming up. And, uh, you know, I think that meant a lot to people. So you guys weren't the closest of friends. What
1: brings you back together to start making music together again?
2: Mostly, really. I think if I'm being honest, I just became a a relatively decent human. (laughs) And and, uh, welcome, welcome aboard. Uh, No, I don't know. It's just it's growing up. It's it's reflecting, Mm -hmm. being honest with yourself. seeing what sort of person you've been and what do you want to be for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of that apparently out of my system at the time, mm-hmm. being, being a jackass. And, <laughs> and then I turned into, I think, uh, a reasonably decent human being. So,
0: Well, and, that, and and Kenny's just such a nice guy. I mean, yeah. how could you resist that, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, you kind of have to be the same way in order for him to tolerate right. over yeah. Yeah. four decades
0: of... Eventually, uh, anyway. yeah. So yeah,
2: um, we were um, close geographically with him living in Mm -hmm. Chicago and me being in Detroit. Um, Matt was kind of doing his own thing with with regard to school and family. And he had moved around quite a bit. So he wasn't really geographically convenient, so to speak. Um, And then um, I can't pinpoint um you know a particular date or even really approximate it where we kind of yeah. reconnected and started writing together yeah that's kind of um, weird
3: i did when i moved back from california i played with paul buden and uh matt Brandeber in a you know we had a loose little thing we called ourselves townie which was mm-hmm. a fantastic <laughs> right, right right um and then matt moved away and um, we got Todd Fletcher and Pat Daly to you know to come in and play, and we did that for a while. And um, you know, so I, I was always writing stuff, mm-hmm. and um, you know, in that in that habit of doing it. But yeah, when did we? When did we, we had? We got everybody back together for something in 2010. Was that? Was when that we, when
2: the photo from your house came from? Yeah,
3: I think so. I think so. And that we were. We kind of, it was like, it was like the monkey's house, you Yeah, know? we, they, they came to my house and we, st- you know, they stayed for, Matt slept in the basement and <laughs> on couches and stuff. And we were working on songs and, uh, you know, we had a couple reunions in the, in the meantime.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Um, but after a while, Roy didn't want to do those. So we, you know, we had, uh, we brought some ringers in, John Richardson and uh,
2: Paul Chastain. Paul
3: Chastain yeah. played a couple times. Mark with Rubel. Us. Mark Rubel played okay. with us, and
2: uh, and it beautiful. allowed me to play guitar finally, which was what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was play rhythm guitar. Yeah. So and and you know those were good reunion shows.
3: Those were great reunion yeah, shows. Great. It was at least yeah, then it was
2: shows. closer to being better musicianship. So the yeah the song the songs were.
0: Yeah. Well here there. here's a couple questions. One, I mean, you guys had I mean a 3-year career but some incredible songs. I mean, like well thank you. Mm-hmm. People yeah. people just responded to it if you had been able to get some sort of a record deal and yeah. and put those songs out there. Do you think that would have extended the career? Like would have you would you guys have gone on? Oh, sure. I think mm-hmm. so.
2: I think yeah probably depending on he said no
0: depending on I mean, no. <laughs> depending, depending
3: on what the reaction was uh-huh. you know
2: but yeah sure. i don't know i mean i think roy had really uh mm-hmm. lost interest and i think that he was pretty firmly committed to his career and then i do i do think that um the idea of people getting married and starting a family and settling down that that was part of it and so i don't know i'm not so sure that our trajectory would have changed much
3: yeah you were going to school matt went to school i was i was done you know by the time the band started with my undergraduate stuff so i was i probably wanted it to continue more than some of you Mm -hmm. guys did um but again then you know i realized that it wasn't that what we had was just so perfect
2: Right, lighting right. In the bottle. So, yes, yes. I always think about uh, REM at that time. Mm-hmm. You know who? Mm-hmm. They were. I don't want to say pioneers of that kind of independent label because it was not. They they were not on an independent label. Were they? They were immediately on a bigger label. Or was no, the, I'm not sure. The first stuff was. Maybe we got a computer know. here. Let's look it up. Yeah, they, yeah, play,
3: yeah. they played Huff Jim yeah. like a week after we broke up. Yes,
0: yes. I, I mean, they, they, they have a champagne story. I mean, like there were parties with them, uh, yeah. you know, I always kind of compared
2: ourselves and, to them, though, because I, yeah. I think that I always thought of us as sort of a band like that.
0: That,
2: mm-hmm. uh, you know, they kept at it. You know,
3: we were a lot yeah, more fun uh, than they were. <laughs> <laughs> we were a lot more fun. So, than it turns ours. out,
1: "Murmur" fun. was released on IRS Records. So, yeah. still an independent label at that point. Yeah,
2: yeah, but I, but I think that when you ask, you know, if we'd have had some success with those songs, would we have kept on? And I, I think that we were at that kind of same level as an REM. I'm not comparing. Mm -hmm. the musicianship or the songs or anything else but just in terms of where two independent bands were at that point in time i feel like we could have been like an rem if we'd have pursued things at that point yeah
3: it was such a the time you know i listened to your podcast with john ginoli who was uh pivotal in in Mm -hmm. our Yes. in our development yes. and in pushing. John probably should have been our manager at some <laughs> point. But he, John got us on the radio. John sent uh, the tape to Greg uh-huh. Shaw at yep. Records yep. and uh, was, com- you know, always our champion. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, right around then, they're, they're it was just starting, you know, independent labels and mm-hmm. stuff was just starting, You'd, you know, well, and there was no internet, you you know, we really didn't know what was going on.
0: Part of, part of it was, like, you guys would have had to really seriously get on the road. Yes, and you, yeah. you, yes. And you never really did that. I we mean, you played did. shows in the Midwest, uh, you know, just like kind of one-off kind of things. So, yeah. you know yeah, I don't know if, ever, if if everybody would have been committed to doing that. yeah, I don't think so. no we yeah. would have, we would <laughs> right. have killed each other I think. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. All right. so here's the other thing, the second question too. Yes. Yeah. Um, almost nothing. I've, 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 I've got the seven inch right here. The vertebrates, um diamonds in the rough, Jackie's gone. Um, that was aside from the bomb um anthology that was pretty much the, the whole recorded output yes. um, in, um, in, you know, when, when the band was still alive. Yep. Um, and um, all these great songs came out like 10, 11 years later, um, and none of them are even available for streaming nowadays. No,
3: so. no, we, uh, we took it down. Yeah. Um, so, Parasol, like, there's Parasol people had that sh- done,
0: Parasol did a great job of putting the two CDs Parasol out, the two CDs forty-four out. songs. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, but we we ended that um, for various reasons. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Well, you don't have to go into it if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. But we have a
0: lawyer here. Yeah. I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Or I should say I ended it. <laughs> yeah, you know I think that was mostly well, my, my decision. The,
0: the 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 only thing I'm saying is like there's people out there who would love to hear these songs, and there's people that should hear these songs because they're so damn good. Yeah, like, well, like if, can't who, can't we work something out?
3: Who is who is who's a record company that would be interested in um, issuing? you know basically a lot of that stuff was recorded direct to cassette from our uh-huh. house on northern um, So you're
0: looking for a record company Il-S3. that's going to do vertebrates reissues. Yeah. Okay. All right.
3: Well Par- Parasol uh, did uh John here we go. John because John really wanted to do it. He mm-hmm. talked us into doing uh an LP uh screaming like a mad choir with Parasol. And so that was out there for a while um but uh I you know I would love to get I mean and I've told this to Jimmy, I, I would love to get some of that stuff placed in a film or used in a commercial because I think we know no that guy. these days is the the best way mm-hmm. to get music in front of people. Sure. And we've had a little bit of success after the fact with that. We had very bizarre stories. So Left in the Dark was recorded by a bunch of people Mm -hmm. Um, one of the people was the leonards um a band where are they from wisconsin michigan i can't remember but one of the guys in the leonards that
2: was the north carolina band i was talking about but i want to say that was somebody different yeah
3: i'm not not sure sure where where the the leonards were from but they
0: also also by the replacements uncle tupelo courtney love yes um, but the Screaming Tribesmen of Australia. Yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Yeah, which is that's a whole nother podcast mm-hmm. of weirdness. Um you <laughs> yes. know, after the fact. But right. but the Leonards, the the guy, and you know, in your podcast with John Ginoli, he talked about timing. And mm-hmm. you know, he was I was just like grinning from ear to ear because that's like this the whole story of the band. But yes. also the Leonards, there's a guy on in the Leonards who worked on the set as a grip of Ugly Betty. And he got, he talked them into using their version of Left in the Dark (laughs) in an Ugly Betty Uh episode. And it was like six seconds of their version of our song. (laughs) uh, um, Did you know this was happening or were you like watching Ugly Betty and you're like, wait wait a second. We we knew about it because they had to get clearance Mm -hmm. from us to use the song. And so um, that was a, you know, really a much more lucrative um, Mm -hmm. revenue stream than anything we ever did.
2: Yeah, I mean, I got a call from this guy in L.A. on my home phone um, one day and uh, ended up going back and forth, not much with the guy, but we just talked about what would we be willing to um, sell the... Just the, give, uh, the the, the give the permission. Give the rights. Right. For not, not. We didn't sell the rights. We, we gave them permission, permission to use, to use <laughs> it. The yeah. License yeah, to use it in, yeah. the, in the show, and and it, we just negotiated a flat fee, a one-time flat fee, and then that was it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then Riverdale, right? Then Riverdale
3: that was, was through Numero Group. They mm. put Diamonds, Diamonds in the Rough on an anthology, mm-hmm. and unbeknownst to us, like I get a call from <laughs> Todd Fletcher down in Champagne. He says. I was watching Riverdale and I was like, holy shit, it's the vertebrates. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I didn't even put two and two together until, you know, I, I finally said, oh, maybe it was Numero. And they were like, yep, yeah, we did that. So, <laughs> you know, I know who was it? Ken Goodman that you had? Yeah. For Providence. He yeah. talked about yep. in yeah. his podcast, he talked a lot about that. That's our guy. Um, yeah. As yeah. that, um, as, a, as a good revenue stream. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, yeah. Let's face it. There's not a lot of money in music right now, right. You, you know. Right. People don't buy records. Yes. They don't. Streaming doesn't pay for shit. No, mm-hmm. it's tough. You know, people are making more money selling merchandise at shows. Yeah. It's sad. Get on
0: TikTok, man. Yeah, we
3: heard that TikTok yeah. pays yeah. real well. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. Yes. So we've been told. I don't you know. know. Yes. I. But I. You know. As far as like a legacy of mm-hmm. of the band, I. You know. I'd like. I'd like to. I'd like to write a screenplay about a band going through what we went through, and you know, make it a compelling story about the personalities mm-hmm. and throw the music in as part of it. It'd be a period piece for sure, but, um, that's you know, that. that's I'd watch that's that. kind of what mm-hmm. I would I would I would okay. see. You know, I believe me, we we did the the parasol LP. It didn't sell for squat. We, you know, we've done stuff at, uh, at John Richardson's studio, put it up on Bandcamp. It's tough to get people mm-hmm. to even sure. listen to it. Yeah. it. The whole, the whole way of consuming music has changed. And it's like, it's like popcorn now. Yeah. You know, whereas mm-hmm. and when we, Jimmy and I grew up, it was like, you devoured this stuff and tasted every morsel and you found out everything you could about every mm-hmm. band. And it's just, the stuff. barrier of entry has just, been just lowered now.
1: so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we we start Surly Bells like seems yes. like <laughs> you're like we don't want to be on streaming we don't know what label we're going to be on so what's like I'm not going to say anything you, sounds you, wrong you like. have a, what are aspirations uh, for uh, Surly the, Bells the, the,
0: the, a ton of great Surly Bells songs thank you which nobody mm. has heard Nobody's except heard. for a few people no so no. what's the plan here um, Wh- which
2: ones are you referring to the did you get the because I posted the 12 or
0: 13 12 songs, 12 songs. Paul Buden sent me the SoundCloud. Yeah. And, and it's amazing.
3: Yeah. There's also, well, okay. So we did several years ago, Jim and I got a wild hair up our ass. And we, John Richardson was a drummer in, in Champaign, mm-hmm. a good friend of ours. He had a, he's got a magnificent studio up in Menominee, Wisconsin, in a. In a barn, mm-hmm. basically, he reconverted it. John's very handy, but um, he's a great drummer, great engineer, and he's very tied into Nashville musicians and Minneapolis musicians. And so, John invited us up, and basically, what he did is he got ringers for us. Okay, so yeah. we were like, "Yeah, that's good. We'll, we'll be able to get, we'll be able to <laughs> knock out a couple of songs sure. pretty mm-hmm. quick." Sure, um, and they sound great. So that's on Bandcamp. That is with a I mean there's some really hot musicians mm-hmm. on that, and they they it's incredible. Jimmy and I were just like laughing every time they, <laughs> they, uh-huh. it was it was just worth the price of admission just to watch these guys work um, and it was our songs I sang on them, but we it wasn't us, yeah. you know, so we decided that we wanted to do more of us and so mm-hmm. we found um Matt Wenzel down in Urbana who's got um a studio in an old garage it's 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 not much but you know in throughout history some of the best music has recorded been recorded in some pretty shitty places sure. <laughs> yeah absolutely um so we started doing that and we'd go down um for a weekend Select two songs. We'd practice them with Jeff, and uh, our friend Todd Fletcher, um, who is a fantastic, fantastic musician. He would just drop in and make us sound good. <laughs> you know, so he he a was good friend. He was a great friend, but you know he was the only, you know, like ringer, if you will, mm-hmm. um, that we brought in. Um, but and you know, what do he play on the record? Oh, he well, mostly guitar. Okay, but um, Todd's a fantastic. Uh, uh, keyboard player
0: mm-hmm.
3: and a great writer. Um, he's, he had a, a band, if you will, called June and the exit wounds that, mm-hmm. um, which is a great band name by the yeah, way, that really but good, yeah. um, that CD, a little more Haven Hamilton please is one of my favorite CDs of all time. And so Todd, Todd comes in and, you know, wows us, and then he's off on his bicycle <laughs> you know, back, back home. But um, uh-huh. it was a great process and it was us. You mm-hmm. know, so we, I loved it. Um, so we did that for the last, you know, year, a little more than a year. And we got to 12 songs finally. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, what are we going to do with these? So That's, that's the question. That's what the are you going to do with those? Um, well, I, yeah. Tom, I really don't know the, the, the <laughs> answer to that
0: question, to be totally uh-huh. honest. I mean, I'd, well, I'd love to get. No, no. I get, what do you want to do with those? Well,
3: I, just like anybody, I'd like them to be heard mm-hmm. and appreciated. Mm-hmm. That, that's about it i don't know we're so clueless about how things work these days and the other thing is we don't tour we didn't the vertebrates right. didn't tour much we don't tour mm-hmm. we're not a going concern really so right. i understand you know a, a, a record company puts an investment into a project mm-hmm. they need a good um they need a they, they need a, a good expectation that they're going to at least break even and make some money on it, and I know it's helpful when the band is playing live, For and sure. selling merchandise yes. and all that stuff. Yes, so um, that's not going to happen. I've got I've got some stability issues with um, you know balance and stuff, and I, I just I can't do it. We're, mm-hmm. we're old, you know. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a project, mm-hmm. a recording project at this point, and I, I guess the. The hope still is get it in front of somebody who might cover it. I enjoyed when other bands played "Left in the Dark" because it's like, oh, that's a different take. You know, I, I, it's interesting to hear sure. yeah. people yeah. either you know do it something that you like or butcher it completely, and <laughs> you know, it's all it's all good. Uh, so I think that was my main impetus to yeah, to I mean, get back into it. It into really it. just
2: comes down to um, getting it placed in TV movies. Commercials, or having someone mm-hmm. well-known cover it, whoever that would be. But we we just don't, you know. If what we have is point A, and all of that is points B, C, <clears throat> D, and E, we don't know how to get between the two. That's our problem.
3: Yeah, we have no shortage of material. Uh, I mean, we, we got a lot of material um, over the years, and you know, we're we're basically songwriters.
0: That's kind of what we are. Great songwriters. So there's got to be a label out there that wants to, you know, put something out from great songwriters. Like, even though... Yeah. you're not going to play shows or you're not going to play many shows or yeah. maybe an occasional show. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Like working House on this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here we go. Um, but yeah, um, let's let's get these songs out there because they're yeah. awesome. Well, thanks. Yeah. It's kind of in the it.
2: vein of a, you know, Carole King, Jerry Goffin or, you know, the Motown teams that mm-hmm. wrote mm-hmm. and the different artists played their songs and mm-hmm. um, were way below those <laughs> teams, but it's that same idea and you know but they they were in the business and they had the connections and and you know very deep connections and so when they would write i mean they had those channels to, yeah 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 to be able to get their stuff um recorded by mm-hmm. other people you know so we don't For really sure have any of that
3: yeah it's it's a it's a hobby basically that you know we think we're pretty good at yeah and i'm much (laughs)
2: more into the surly bells than i am the vertebrates just because i try to live my life in the present and so Mm -hmm. i'm i'm much more interested in the stuff we've Mm -hmm. written recently and what we can do with that the vertebrates is a great legacy and we love it for what it was um, you know the the times, the relationships, the friendships, the music, but to me it's still when you know we talk a lot about the vertebrates that's just kind of I feel like I'm living in the past, and that for me is not a great feeling mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you know, so
3: yeah, I would agree, I would agree I'm always a little I have a dual reaction when the vertebrates come up, you know because for sure everything lives on the internet forever, but mm-hmm you know it's just like Oh God! Somebody, <laughs> somebody found out about that. So uh, somebody at they've work. really been enjoying this
1: past hour, is what they're saying.
0: <laughs> somebody, yeah.
3: somebody at work found well, out about the vertebrates, and yeah. I was like, oh God!
0: You, 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 guys already know. Like, there is gonna be this group of the 500 people <laughs> that love the vertebrates that are gonna love this show. I mean, it's like I they're so. gonna flock yeah. to it. No, of we, course, we yeah. Love
3: those people. Yeah, we appreciate them. I mean, yes. those were the best. They're,
0: they're lifelong friends. Yeah. The best times of our lives. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But. Love that.
2: Yes. Heck yeah. So that's it. I mean, we we respect the hell out of that. Mm -hmm. We appreciate it. You know, we, we value the friendships. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, We're ready for something new. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I can
1: understand that. Well, I hope we find the right label for you guys.
2: We're going
0: to, we're going to work on this.
1: Yes. Scouts. out there. We will. Yeah. 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 Um, because it is great music i've heard it too it's awesome stuff and people should hear it and mm-hmm. you should be really proud of it not be like oh boy i sheepish do, like do you yeah. have favorites yeah.
2: yet or you don't know the songs well enough to be able definitely
1: to don't that. know the songs well oh. enough for that I'm one of that generation that's like, let me go to Spotify and see what's going on here. And yeah. then it's like, okay, well I'm a little limited there. Then he sent me <laughs> stuff and yes, you know, then I go to YouTube and I'm like, well, let's just type in vertebrates and see what pulls up, you know? So yeah, you'll find uh, some YouTube stuff. For
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. So
1: the best place, um, but, I mean, it is it is great music. You guys are very talented. You should be really proud of yourselves. Um, not that you need me to tell you that. <laughs> so We na- need
2: anybody to okay. say things like that. A okay. certain, yeah, a certain something. Nice. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Thank you. <sighs> great song. Yes. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Sure. Um, we're going to shift gears now after we've mm-hmm. just inflated your egos. We're going to yeah. take it back down a notch. We're going to mm-hmm. ask some Chicago-based questions. Yes. Um, or Feel free to, you know, if you want to talk about champagne, you can throw champagne in there too. Mm-hmm. But
0: yes. uh, our Especially first Especially
1: if we're talking about Pizza, pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pizza, yes. I've heard John Giannoli was extolling the virtues of a pizza place in uh, Champagne that wasn't yes. Monocle's Pizza or Gumby's. <laughs> no, I did not understand. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, it would, that would uh, be Papa Dull's. Yeah, says yeah. yeah. yes. what he said, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've only been to Champagne and gotten very drunk in it as a mm-hmm. high school kid. Uh, college, college, mm-hmm. college, college. Yes. Um, so, what is our preference? Are we thick, like deep dish pizza fans? Are we thin crust? And if
3: if wherever you fall in that, do you have a favorite place? Well, I I was kind of dreading this whole <laughs> topic because you know I'm a suburban kid, really. I, okay. You know, I, I I don't really have my Chicago chops. Well, um, you can throw out a su- a suburban pizza well, place. Well, I don't. my wife Absolutely. and I do like uh, Lou Melnati's mm-hmm. dish, which we have that tonight. Or, to or as I call it Illuminati's. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um so yeah that, as far as pizza that's probably what i uh, devour awesome
2: yeah and i'm i'm thin crust all thin crust there um, we go i, I okay. like the new york style and oh, okay oh my nice God. uh <laughs> i guess in chicago you know that's hard for me to say um mm-hmm. pequod's is mm-hmm. that? yeah that's a mm-hmm. good spot so, yep um i had the thin crust at lou malnati's for lunch today you had nice. the thick crust. But yes, I thought it's it was been. pretty. Yeah, good. yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yes, it there's is. A, there's a place in uh, where I live in a little town called Plymouth, and there's a uh, a place called Pizza Evino, and they they do the Neapolitan style pizzas, mm-hmm. and they do them really well. And those okay. are just incredible. So that would be my choice. That's the spot.
1: Okay. No, n-
0: no Detroit style pizza for you, Jimmy. Well,
2: I think Detroit style pizza is. Thick crust. It's yeah. trying mm-hmm. to be like yes. Chicago pizza, yes. but um, there's a there's one place in in uh, Detroit, Buddy's, that would be most people would say that's the best. Okay. Okay. Uh, thick crust. Pizza. Mm-hmm. And it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll eat it. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe it's just um, it's going to sound funny, but I that all that dough I just right kind of. Feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After you eat it for all yeah. there's that, <laughs> the there's that potty scenes. mouth. We can wait for. It's a lot. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a serious undertaking. Um. So you guys have played shows in Chicago? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yep. We did. Um. And you've been to shows in Chicago, I assume. Yep. So do you have a favorite venue that you've seen shows at and or played at here in Chicago?
3: Well, as far as and if play, it's not around anymore, feel free to still throw it out We there. we would come up. We played. Um, Gas Bars at the mm-hmm. time. Okay. Tuts. Uh, several times. Tuts. COD. Did we play COD?
2: COD. Um,
3: uh, misfits.
2: misfits. Misfits. Wow.
0: Um,
2: places that these places
0: don't even exist if, anymore, right? Yeah. Uh, gas Bars is Shubas, but aside yeah. from that, yeah. most yeah. of them are gone. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: Gas Bars, uh, is that the one where, um, was it Gene Siskel or Robert Roger Ebert came and us? Marvel. They were Willow.
0: Hopefully it was Ebert. To, you
3: know, you could talk about champagne things with him. Yeah. No, it was it was Gene Siskel. Okay. okay. Um, we Our manager at the time was related to him. So oh, So he okay. chose at Gaspar's. I liked Gaspar's.
2: Yeah, we played oh, with... great place. We, we yeah. opened for more people in the vertebrates in Champagne than, than we opened for people, bigger bands mm-hmm. in Chicago. Yeah. Because we played with... We John, opened for Joan Jet, Ultravox, yeah. the Ramones. Ramones, wow. yeah. Um,
3: the Cramps.
2: Cramps. And in Chicago, we opened for Spirit, right?
3: Uh, we played with Spirit at Tuts. Tuts. Yeah. Wow.
2: And uh, it was like 50 below zero. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> I
3: think we fell down those stairs, too, with the equipment. But or so. I don't think we
2: opened was... for a lot of bigger name acts in the city of Chicago.
3: No. No. Ultravox, I remember that show.
2: Yeah. Holy shit.
0: Yeah, after, after the uh, Ramon show where you guys opened in Champaign, I think it was 82, um, we gave Johnny Ramon a, a ride back to Chicago that Did night. Did you really? So, yes, <laughs> yes.
3: You know, I before I was in the band, I used to write for the Daily Illini, mm-hmm. and I interviewed them in... Belleville, Illinois. So I, they were on tour. They were coming to Champaign in a couple of weeks. Okay. I was like, you know, I'm on it. I drove down to Belleville, and I, <laughs> and I interviewed those guys, and I was like, I just remember, I just remember, you know, like, they were talking about touring Europe, and they were complaining about how old everything was. No. <laughs> you know, it was yes. like... That's kind of the whole point, you know? Yeah, Um, not for them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So then they came to Champagne and uh, Van Cagle and I interviewed him, did a whole big spread. Um, But yeah, then we opened for him uh, at the auditorium, right? Auditorium, yeah. Yes, it was a great show. Some people
0: gave people rides home. Yes, yes. And how was your Um, three-hour conversation with Johnny Ramone? Yes, he was very bitter yeah, yeah. Um, he yeah. was not happy um him and Joey. Hated each other. Yes. And, yeah. I've um, since found that. And, out. and Johnny was also he, he was also kind of a right wing kind of guy. Yep. And uh, yep. so it was a very interesting You're conversation. Just it out. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I. What was yeah. that? Book? I yeah, he, a, he I sat in the book. back
0: of the Ford Granada for three hours and, um, <laughs> and just kind of complained. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah. What? Well,
1: and how far in were you? That. Like,
3: man, this may have been a bad idea.
1: <laughs> no. No. It was
0: great. We <laughs> loved every minute of it.
3: Yes. Yeah, I since found out they were, like, didn't speak to each other. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine yes. touring? Yes. Uh, like, they, like, walled off part of the bus. Like, they wow. had separate sections between yeah. Joey and Johnny.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, That's how it used to be with you and Jimmy, and now <laughs> yeah. you're no, best friends. So. No, no, <laughs> we just no. didn't have
2: separate sections on our bus. Well, you didn't even have a bus. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. A,
3: or Roy, Roy Roy maybe a big yellow bus. Roy had a big a yellow big bus. bus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see what you did. <laughs> uh, Roy bought a van. Uh-huh. So Roy was yes. working. He had a van, and yes. so that was the other thing. Besides the PA that Willie talked us into buying from Matthew at August Systems, Roy bought a van, and that was instrumental. Mm-hmm. So you know, we had a van, uh, we had a PA, we were good to go.
1: Yeah.
3: Excellent. Hell yeah.
1: Um, just like one or two more questions for you guys. So about Chicago or? Um, well, yeah. Well, in general. Yeah. Uh, we. But yeah, I'm trying to be respectful of your time. Uh, what is like, when you think of like a Chicago band, what band comes to your mind? Like, what are some of your favorite Chicago bands?
3: Oh, well, we, we weren't around the scene, you know, when we were a live band, we were down in Champaign. So we didn't know. I know, what is a band that, um, John Siegel went to was it the in- i always get it confused it was either the insiders or the outsiders <laughs> one, one of those two it's probably mm-hmm.
2: the insiders because the outsiders was kind of a big band from the yeah uh 60s and 70s yeah
3: john siegel was in screams he was uh, mm-hmm. originally from the peoria areas all those guys were but um yeah they had a they were on mtv they they had a, a fair amount of success and i always i always got along with johnny you know back when i was Interviewing them mm-hmm. and doing stories on them, mm-hmm. um, Johnny was just a—he was—he was a good dude. Is a good dude. Nice. So, um,
2: yeah, I think I—I I was really into Off Broadway and Pez Band. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those were the two bands that I yeah. got to see the most, and that was right around the time when I think Cheap Trick was coming up. So I don't know when that was. Yeah. Um, but, you know they. They were playing around in the bars as much as Cheap mm-hmm. Trick was. And if you want to call Cheat Trick a Chicago band... <laughs> I don't think we're allowed they're right. to. They're a
1: Rockford band. Yeah. They're a Rockford band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'd like to call them... I don't know.
3: Heresy. <laughs>
2: no, no. They'll always be a Rockford band. Yeah, okay. For they sure. They were playing all the same circuit that... Yeah, the, yeah. okay. That okay. Off right. Off-Broadway and Pez band was playing. Yes.
1: So. I don't I don't think we can lay claim to them, but... no. Uh, Nor would I want to. I mean, I like cheap trick. I just mean like I wouldn't want to claim somebody who didn't want to be claimed by us. Um, All right, one last question for you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a big one. This is a big one. Uh, We are big fans of cheap drinks. See me drink a couple banquet beers here since we've been Mm -hmm. talking. Yep. Uh, What is your go-to cheap drink? Uh, If you don't drink anymore, what's your favorite? Na. You know, you see, you guys have both enjoyed some water since we've been talking, (laughs) just like your fans. Mm -hmm.
3: Oh boy.
2: NA is non-alcoholic. Non-alcoholic, mm-hmm. sorry, yeah. No. I actually if if I'm going to have a beer, which is not much, it would be uh, Fuller's from England if you okay. mm-hmm. Have you seen that? I'm yeah. so. It's hard to find. Mhm. Uh, but it's fantastic beer. They've got a light beer and a dark beer. There's okay, be nice. Half a half a dozen different uh, what would you call them? Uh, Varieties, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm a wine drinker. Okay, okay. Give me a cab, a Malbec, or a Merlot. Those are fine. I
3: like it. I don't drink very often at all anymore. Um, I've never really was a big drinker, but I do. Late in life, I kind of discovered Guinness, um, which is really odd. Okay, Um, you know, before that, Sam Adams. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I am of uh, Czech descent at least partially. Okay. So, um, any of the Czech beers, Pilsner or Kel sweet. Yeah. I was going to say, are, yeah, uh, yeah, very, yeah. very tasty. It's like nice. mother's milk for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, I love that. Awesome.
1: Um, let to so ask you guys one last question. I lied. Uh, is there anything you guys would like to plug or you guys are excited about over the next couple of months mm-hmm. to six months to a year you want to talk about? Hopefully we're going to Surly Bells album.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I guess that would be, that would be number mm-hmm. one at the top of the list. Sure. Yeah. Um, you we're going to make that happen. Yeah. I'm, yes. Put yeah. out some feelers. Yeah. Yes. And then record more, you know, yeah. whoever Excellent. that may be, either yes. home recordings. How or many songs do we have currently right now that we're ready to go into the studio with? 12. Oh, to go into the studio besides the 12 that we did? A bunch. A, a bunch. You know, yeah, probably love that. 50. Wow. Okay.
1: Can
0: I ask a question? And we can edit this out yeah. if you don't want to ask, answer the question. You guys are going down to a memorial service tomorrow yep. for Jeff Evans, who played with you guys, um, yep. part of the Surly Bells. Yep. Um, w- anything you want to say about Jeff Evans?
3: Sure. I, I would love to um, talk about Jeff a little bit. Thank you. I I was uh, – I always loved Jeff. Um, he was in The Bee Lovers, and uh, – He was, um, very approachable, Mm -hmm. um, nice guy. He did all the right things as our friend Cynthia says, he, he got sober. He became an addiction counselor. He helped people. Um, he was just the nicest guy and, um, very open. I very open about the struggles that he was having. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, Jimmy and I both I think you know really valued that um because you know as a friend you know you um when people open up to you about how vulnerable they are about Mm -hmm. certain things it's it's you you are never closer to another human being than Mm -hmm. when that happens. so um Jeff was like uh I I he was he was a rock for me um I thought, and uh, he is so beloved in champagne by right. so many people yes um, and it was you know his his death was just a shock to everyone, and I think you know as often as the case he wasn't as appreciated by certain people you know in his life um, as he probably is now because mm-hmm. you know, once he's gone he's he's gone I mean that's very final so just a a prince of a guy
1: mm-hmm. well i just want to say thank you both so very much for for coming on hopefully Absolutely. this was more fun than you thought it would be oh <laughs> it was a blast <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll take that um, what do you mean it's over yeah well, exactly we yeah we we'll, we'll we'll finished every one of and these we'll and,
0: and 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 like we could have gone on for another couple of hours yeah. right yeah. i mean it's just so fun to talk about music um as you guys know there is so much love out there for the vertebrates, and i'm so happy to have you on yeah thank you oh we're our pleasure yeah thank thanks you. for
2: giving us an opportunity to come yeah. hang out and talk about this stuff all right absolutely well of course we're going to be horrified to go back and listen to it
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: there we go no doubt about that
1: thanks so much for listening today we are no wristbands we drink for free music of course has been provided by merlin wall please check them out on spotify or on bandcamp please also subscribe to our podcast on spotify apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a follow on instagram and twitter at no wristbands and check out our website at NoWristbands.com.